Hi, and welcome to Whole Heart Transformation. I am Melissa Alguera, your personal identity life coach. Let's go to the podcast. Hey guys, welcome to Whole Heart Transformation. Today, I would like to talk to you about something that's a little different than what I generally focus on, which is a little bit more about my story and what I discovered in the healing process from going through traumatic infidelity. Well, the reason why I wanted to go over this today is because I'm going on four years from our discovery day. And if you don't know what discovery day is, that's the day where you discover what has been going on in secret in your relationship. The main thing that I really want to focus on today is the healing, but I also want to talk about what happens in the soul of a person who has been betrayed in this way. It's a real tearing and fragmenting that happens in the person who's been betrayed. I mean, I remember the day that I discovered what my husband was doing. And I only was able to get a little bit of information because he wasn't ready to come clean with the vast majority of how his behavior was, what he was doing in secret, how long he had been doing the behaviors that he had been doing. He didn't want me to know that part of him because he was so disgusted by it and really couldn't even be in touch with it. He really was more ashamed than anything else. And so with all of that being said, I, you know, I only knew one factor of him. So the factor that I knew about him, the person that I knew him as was this very loving husband and father, somebody who would fight for his family, someone who would um, be there for his kids, no matter what. I mean, my gosh, like my daughter was in, you know, my daughter is, was the only child for eight years. And so she got a lot of our attention. She was the main focus for pretty much everything that a child could ever want. And she was in a co-op for many, many years where we both showed up. He would rearrange his schedule to be there for her. So this isn't somebody who I was married to that wasn't involved. This was somebody who was home all the time, who was a participant in the relationship. Yeah, there was the typical issues like him not really cleaning the house um, and not really being a participant participant in the finances, which for me, you know, I kind of grew up with that dynamic. So even though I was frustrated with it, it wasn't unnatural or not normal to me. And I didn't know any different. So with all this being said, for me, when I found out that he had this whole secret life, it was like I wasn't married to the person I thought I was married to. I the person that I knew, was very loving and adoring of me, very loving and adoring of our daughter. And then, you know, as we had our son who was 18 months old with Discovery Day, I thought that he was a very loving father for him as well. I mean, we took turns with, you know, who would get up with our kids. It was, it was a, it was a partnership. And so when I found out that, oh my gosh, like behind the scenes, there was no partnership. This was, this felt like a crock. This felt like a load of BS. The person that he was being to me and then behind the scenes he was somebody else and then there was like the shattering of like first okay so first the shattering is oh my god he's not the person who he said he was he's not the person who's been showing up in the relationship and then the second thing is like he's not like how he's presented himself he has like crazy behavior he has scary behavior 
And I, my brain couldn't make sense of it. And then there's the relational trauma piece. So it's like, first, like my reality is not real. Like the reality of this person that I thought I was married to, this person that I thought would do anything for me, that adored me, that loved our kids, adored our kids, would be there for our kids, worked hard for our kids. Um, all of a sudden now that person doesn't exist. So that's like the first shattering of like what happens to you when you experience infidelity. This person is not who they said they were. So your reality is completely shattered. What you thought it was now has to be sifted through and like demol it's demolished. Like it's, there's like nothing left of it that feels tangible at the time. And then you have the relational trauma piece of it. So not only is like the first fragmenting of your reality, but then now it's the relational trauma. It's the place where you felt secure. And I can say, I didn't actually feel secure in my relationship. Looking back now, I thought that we had a secure relationship, but looking back now, I know it actually wasn't secure. I was anxiously attached the entire time. There were times where I just inside, I wanted to like run to him and like love him. And I had this inner withholding because there was a reason why I, I didn't feel safe. I didn't feel like the relationship was in a good place, even though it appeared that it was, there was a lot of love, but there was something that was off. And because I didn't have enough self-awareness within myself, and I hadn't learned how to do that in, in a healthy way to have self-awareness, I ended up, you know, pushing away the things that were causing that, you know, avoidance of connection. So you have this relational trauma that is now cause this fragment fragmentation, like what you've built together relationally, what you've built in your family, what you've built as uh, an agreement, you know, this infidelity and sexual addiction with infidelity, whether that's porn or affairs. Um, and I had the worst, um, that causes a complete fracture within your relationship, because think about it. This is an identity piece. I did not just come into the relationship with you know, I'm, I'm going to just stay only as an individual. I came into the relationship as giving my last name, changing my name over to this person. I had to change my social security, my driver's license. I had to change everything in order to identify now in this relationship. And so when you find out that this person has been doing a whole nother relationship life that you're not aware of, it completely fragments the relationship. And then you have the other piece where, uh, for me, so the other fragmented part of our soul is whatever your childhood issues have been that now are all kicked up by the betrayal that you've experienced. So like for me, my, one of my biggest fears was that I would be betrayed with friends and some of that happened to me. And I just like, like, cause I had that happen as a kid. I had this happen in other relationships that I was in as a uh, teenager. And um, I had it happen to me what, like in my early adulthood. And then I now have ha had it happen in my marriage. So my worst fears from past trauma experiences happened. I feared abandonment. And I was abandoned in my marriage. I feared not being enough 
well, what do you think that infidelity kicks up? <laughs> it, feel, it kicks up that feeling of not being enough. And a lot of those things that I already experienced early on in my childhood caused what my husband to do be exasperated. So now not only am I dealing with the first two pieces, my my reality has been distorted by my partner who's supposed to be safe and we have a shared reality together. And then secondly, the relational trauma that's there now, because now I can't, you know, trust that you're going to keep your word, your vows, that you're going to choose me. Um, now that has all been shattered. And what I thought the relationship was into now I have all of my childhood wounds completely validated in a sense, not even in a sense, like that was my reality. Everything that was the most fearful thing I could think of actually happened to me. Like, I really want you to take that in because that did happen to me. And even as I say this, like I can feel this rise in my, in my, uh, in my chest because it, it, it was so painful to have to face the reality that my whole existence already as a person had all of these wounds that I was carrying and a part of those wounds were acting out in the dynamic with my husband and I wasn't aware. And then I now have confirmation of the embodied beliefs that I wasn't enough, that I would betray, be betrayed for those that I felt were closest to me, that um, no one will stay and see me. And so the reason why this brings up a lot for me is because the day is so close and not to say that, not to say that I haven't had healing, but it's in parts because for me, there were multiple situations that happened when I was in this space of betrayal. I had many, many parts of me that were alone in the process, many parts of me that experienced spiritual trauma as well. That's another thing. And, and the spiritual trauma that I received was not necessarily my husband, just my husband being a part of that abuse and him using spirituality to cover up his hidden secret sexual addiction. But it was also some of the stuff that I felt the enemy was doing and the enemy was attempting to do and use me and my husband to shred us apart and have more generations, just like his grandfather, like his grandfather it was a sex addict. His grandfather was uh, uh, addicted to uh, alcohol and smoking. And so all of that passed down and we are now, here we are reenacting um, generational trauma. And I actually just found out recently that my great grandmother, who I loved, she was uh, from the Ukraine, and she she uh, she went to Canada. They immigrated to Canada, and she had this cute little Ukrainian accent. And we called her little grandma because she was little, and she was the most precious human being. I loved her like with with all of who I was. I just was so drawn to her, and I realized it was because I was so similar to her. I she had the sweet the sweetestness, and I'm a lot more spicy and feisty. Um, but, but I, my soul, my spirit related to her and who she was. And I just found out that she went through something very similar to what I went through. And I had no idea. 
I don't know all the context of it, but we found out recently that she had been left by her husband for many years and had gone through really strange experiences with him. And he was not a healthy person. And I don't know, it doesn't seem like they were able to fix their dynamics. And so my, my grandmother from my dad's side, she was, um, so, so there's my great grandmother and then my grand, his, my, my grandma, who is my dad's mom, she was an angry person and I carried a lot of anger. My dad carried a lot of anger. And so for us, it was like a perfect storm within our marriage. My husband's side of stuff, uh, my side of stuff that I wasn't aware of and how it was actually playing out subconsciously within our, within our bodies and all the generational trauma. So with all that being said is like, now we have even subconscious trauma that we weren't aware of that was being passed down generationally. And we were both working in that dynamic. And I just sat back and I was like, oh my gosh, like this is too much. And I, I had no space to understand this. It's taken me many, many years. But the healing was the scariest for me because as I was fragmented in all of these places, I started to lose myself. I mean, my gosh, like when your whole world is shredded apart and you are not able to stay in your core self, your spirit person, who you are, like the, the main design of who God has created you to be, the parts of you that have been fragmented are now acting out of that pain and trauma. And, you know, somebody who's experienced betrayal can really understand this because, you know, you, you know, like your values, but all of a sudden they're slipping away from you. Like you're not able to really hold them anymore because everything that you did value had some sort of uh, connection with attachment and the primary attachment of your adulthood. And so when that is shredded, it's like, there's only really a couple options that you have or that you're aware that you have. And so one of those options is anger and bitterness. And I remember when I was still, when I was in the beginning of this journey, it was like, oh my gosh, like everybody that I'm talking to that has been on this journey for many, many years, they are bitter. They are angry they are alone. They are, all they're doing is bitching about what their husbands did. Then I was like, I don't want to be like that. First of all, I don't want to talk about him anymore. I want to talk about me. <laughs> I want to talk about what the heck is happening in me because he is not going to be able to heal me. Like I, I just, there was some level of awareness that I was not going to be able to heal with him in the way that he was. And then I'll get back. I'll get to that in a minute. But what I want to say is I was really noticing all of these women that were so bitter and they would have, we would have, I'd be in groups of thousands of women online and they would all be just going to town on bashing their husband. And did the husbands deserve that? Yeah. Like, absolutely. Like, like, yeah, of course. But then there's like this other piece that it was like, but this isn't benefiting us. Like, we're stuck in this loop of how bad these people are. And, and I was like, I cannot, I can't live like this. This is, this is killing me in this space of like bitterness and unforgiveness and, and just uh, anger all the time. I was losing myself. And not only was I getting lost in bitterness with my husband, but now I'm getting lost 
with my kids. Like I'm not able to show up for my kids. I'm angry. And I'm not just talking about the traumatized piece. I'm talking about the fact that like, I am angry and projecting this on all of them. They are getting spewed my mess onto them, or I'm just avoiding them altogether because I really can't handle this pain. So with that being said, I started searching out for other groups that did not have this in their dynamics. And I remember finding one where this woman talked about cognitive uh, distortions and she, and I loved it because she would talk about this and, and she would never allow the bashing of the, the betraying partner. And I was like, okay, there's something to this. I, I need this. Like there's something really valuable about having this boundary here because I've already seen what toxicity looks like. I've already seen how this keeps you in a victim space, this bitterness, this unforgiveness, this, this cycling around anger and rage. And by the way, I heard something the other day from Tammy Gufustin, Gufustin, I don't know something. I don't know how to say her name, but anyways, um, she said, forgiveness, when you're, when you're forgiving something, you can forgive someone for the actions that they did. Okay. So you can forgive them doing the betrayal, but the process that we have to work on with forgiveness is not just like, not just the betrayal, but how it harmed you. And that is the process that we have to own for ourselves because the harm is real. Like that did happen. And I loved that because it puts you back in a space of having to own your space. Like I don't have to, at this point, I cannot forgive. Uh, I'm not, I'm not saying this where I'm at right now. I'm saying if I'm dealing with this, I cannot forgive the harm that it's caused me when I'm still having the repercussions of another person's harm. Like that is going to take time. And as I heal the harm, then there's space to forgive. There's capacity to forgive. But if I am in a victim place where I'm just like, he harmed me, he harmed me, he harmed me, he harmed me. Well, yeah, like no crap. Like you did get harmed. You absolutely did. But there's this point where that is, it's no longer beneficial. So with that being said, so I find this group and this kind of starts me on my, my journey towards healing. I didn't get my healing in there. I, where I got my healing was when I started working in character formation coaching. And that's, you know, what I do now it's like, and it's so good because it's all about identity anyway. So it's just fits perfectly with my coaching and what I really, really wanted with it. And so I go, I go into this, this 12 week class. And this is what I do now too. So like we have these 12 week classes and process experiential processing so you can get healing. So I go into these, to this class and we're, we're learning about like lack, lack of health, emotional health and spirituality in the Christian world. And then, then we go into process time and I'm just like blown away because it's all reality, like your reality, however it is like your reality is what we are allowing the space for in these groups. And so I, I process a specific childhood trauma and the reality of what happened to that part of me. This part of me became totally disconnected. Uh, this part of me actually went really dark, got into witchcraft. That 
ended up being really bad. I had spiritual ramifications of this. I had a demon attack me in the night. Like this is real. I had this happen to me uh, after I did witchcraft. And then that opened up other spiritual doors that I wasn't aware of until later. And it kind of opened up uh, a level of spiritual awareness that I wasn't prepared to have or to own. Thankfully, thankfully, like God met me later on in life. I had another supernatural experience with him where he healed a lot of what happened to me, but still like my, my, uh, my discernment went up my, my ability to see in the spirit realm, my ability to hear what God was saying. And then I had a level of real, like I would be, I would like see what the enemy was doing plans that he had for my life and plans actually for other people. And this is, this is real. This has, this has happened. Like, this is my life. Like I have seen in the spirit in ways that are just wild. I mean, if I told you stories, if you ever want to know, you can message me, but I could tell you stories. And so I, I couldn't even in this fragmented space of this trauma, like my spiritual sense was totally fragmented too, because I could no longer connect to my spirit in the way that I did before. I could no longer hear God in the ways that I did before. And I got to tell you why this is a gift. This is a gift because I was so dependent on God, like a parent and not that you shouldn't be dependent on God, like a parent. I'm not saying that, but there is a place where God wants you to own your adulthood. He, He wants you to grow up. Like it says in scripture to not be like little children anymore. You grow up to a teen and then you become a father or a mother this is, he calls us to grow up in our spirituality where we're not, where we're no longer just being like, God, you're responsible for every, everything in my life. Like that, that is like a child. A ch- that's how we are as children. And then there's a point where if we don't grow up and we don't have a transition in our spirituality, then when really bad stuff happens, we blame God. And do you see why there's this crux? We we have to grow up in our spirituality in order to be able to own the space of our choices and not be not be blaming God for all of life's difficulties. And so I found myself in this crux as I'm like in this process, in this processing group and our character formation groups. And um, so I process this this young part of me, I reconnect this part of me. It makes so much sense why I did the things that I did, why I went towards witchcraft instead of going towards God. And yet I found myself still so fragmented in my spiritual sense and my spiritual uh, strength. Like I I felt like that just kind of obliterated. And so then recently I, I did another group, which I'm always doing groups because for me, like I know that healing is a process forever. Like this is not a journey that is going to be limited. Like, oh, like, you know, you could do it for five years and you're okay. Like, I don't know who told you that, but that's not reality. Reality is we are ever growing, ever changing. Every single day we change, our bodies change every single day. There's a loss every single day in time and in our atmosphere, whatever. Like there's always something to either be grieved, celebrated, or have growth in. So with all that being said, I came to a place where I was like, I'm realizing that even my spirituality is now fragmented because 
I related to God in this way. And I've done all of this hard work to develop my character and I'm still not connected with God. And I realized it was because I was denying a part of how he made me. And I could cry as I say this. He really made me to be this strong warrior. And so being a strong warrior requires you to show up like, like in your strength. And I had no strength after betrayal. I had no capacity to have strength. My, my body totally dissolved. My brain couldn't function. I couldn't, you know, even now, um, some of the repercussions of that time in my life, my short-term memory doesn't work the same. So I have people who, who will say to me, I told you about such and such. And I'm like, you did? Sorry. Like, I don't remember, <laughs> you know, and these are some of the repercussions. But one of the things that is causing me to be so emotionally connected right now was I recently processed the pain that I experienced from not being connected to God in the way that I did, that I was before. And it was because I pushed away this very strong warrior part of me because I don't want to do this anymore. I don't want to do the war anymore. And so anyways, it was so cool because as I was able to process that in the group, it's like, people are like, but I see you like, and you are strong and and even your strength is in your weakness, you know? And that was just like, oh my gosh, yes. And it was so amazing to reconnect to that part of me that I had to push away in order really to get rest for a season of not, you know, not being in the fight all the time. And so it was like so cool because after that, being reconnected to that part of me, I just started naturally going back into that you know, that part of who I am, my spirituality. And there's so many pieces of going through betrayal like this that fragment you. And the way forward, all of this to say, the way forward, I think I say that a lot, huh? All this to say, <laughs> whatever. Um, But the way forward is to take those parts of you that have been fragmented, that have been alone and reconnect them to your spirit-led self, reconnect them to your core through allowing reality to be exactly what it is for that part. You know, I have parts of me that are still in process from betrayal. There are parts of me that were very alone in certain points of the betrayal. There were parts of me that could not stay with it because it was too overwhelming and too painful because there was child parts of me that linked to that too. I, I couldn't show up as a, as an adult that was just hurting, that could separate out my husband's issue versus my issue. So those parts of me that are still in process, those parts deserve to have the space to say and feel whatever is there and have perfect love come after them. And what is perfect love? It's other people that have capacity to be in it with me and not shame me for it, not put me down, not judge me for it. But like, yeah, like you make sense that this is why this part of you is responding this way. And when we don't have the ability to go to those deep, painful places and allow those parts to express whatever we find, then we stay stuck in the pain cycle. We stay stuck in the trauma. 
And that's not where we want to be. We want to be on the other side of this. We want to be able to say, oh my gosh, I know the solution to this. If I have a part of me that shows up and it's activated and it's it's alone and it's traumatized, I can take that part. I know exactly where to take it. I know to take it to this particular group of people. And it's only the only reason why I say this group of people is because if you don't have a, a judgment-free zone where people are going to lean in, lean in, lean in, pursue, pursue, pursue until that part is able to like, you know, release all that trauma and, and pain and the internal embodied experience. If you don't have those kind of people that can stick with you, then you're not going to heal. And so if you find yourself in this space of not being able to heal, I want to encourage you. There are people like myself. I have a lot of friends that do this with me. I, I do this with friends. We, we've we've grown our community of people of, of healing and processing together because it's been so healthy. It's been so life-changing. You guys, if I hadn't found this, I would be dead on the floor. It was killing me, the trauma. And what what really, really gave me the breakthrough was as I worked through my space with my groups, I ended up seeing a brain uh, spotting therapist. I see her now only twice a month. I, I was able to reduce my time because I had to see her like weekly, like like two times a week for a while. The thing with that though was I was I would discover something that happened to me, like I'd discover a hidden trauma or something that was embodied from before I had the brain uh, understanding, before I had the cognitive understanding. And I wouldn't, I'd like find, discover it. And then I'd be like, holy crap, like, what do I do with this? I have people I could process with because I've built a community of people that I do this with. And so anyways, all that say is like, you can't, you can't heal without like the balance of community and like, the proper tools. So you have to have the proper tools to heal. And when it comes to infidelity, it does a, a, an internal shattering. And I believe this is why Jesus allowed for divorce with it, because unless you have the tools to heal those parts of you, you might stay in a marriage, but you're not going to be able to have a loving marriage. It's going to be broken and separated and, and not really have a lot of love. And I got to tell you all the work that I've done and the work that my husband is doing I mean, we were able to discover the deficiencies that he had. The really, it's a uh, man. I was trying to explain this to him yesterday. I wonder if I have a little example I could give you. So, okay, okay, okay. So imagine like this is your, this is your capacity. And I love these because I use these all the time when I'm sitting with my clients. I like to fidget a little bit. And so this is your capacity for relationship. It's it's very small cube. You, you only have capacity for other people's emotions so much. And that means like what they share with you, maybe that has nothing to do with you, or maybe even their emotional experience towards you. This is the capacity that you have, but you're an adult. So like there's, there's this gap here. And I, and I used an example with a very teeny tiny cup and a big cup going over with the big cup going over. There's not enough space or there's, sorry, there is a ton of space, but all you have is this small capacity within this large amount of space. So it doesn't, it doesn't mean that, you know, because you're not able to show up with 
more emotional empathy or you're not able to show up like as an adult, it doesn't mean you need to get rid of something. No, it means that there needs to be an infilling of all of this space that's still not being filled. And it should have been filled from zero to 25. And I say this all the time because it's what I, it's what I see with clients. And so I was explaining this to my husband recently. It's like, in order, in order for you to grow, you, you have to continue to build all like you have to like build into the cup. You have to be able to fill the cup up and you can't do that without relationships because you became deficient in relationship. Like we become healthy people. We become, we, our capacity that's full to be able to be in relationship is only built in relationship. Our capacity for adulthood, to do adult things, to show up as an adult had to be built in relationship. So you cannot do this without relationship. And so we're talking about this and I'm like, you know, I have so much grace for him because I've learned capacity. I've built capacity in myself. I've done the work. And kind of going back to this, this piece of like infidelity prior to, you know, when I first found everything out, I could not see that about him. I, I mean, I think I had a, a level of awareness. I think I knew that there was something off, but you know, I just took it very personally. I was just like, oh, well, it's just me. Like he's, he's showing up with me this way. It's just me. And then as, as he got rid of the addiction, as he became more clear headed, I, I, it's like, it was like, uh, man, <laughs> think about like this dragon, you know, it's a dragon. And then like the dragon moves out of the way. And then you have like this little boy. And this is what's happening with all of us. Like we are all working out our deficiencies and we have these big defenses that cover really the small child that's underneath that. And we need support to build it because it should have been built in relationship as a kid, zero to 25, but it wasn't. And so you're deficient because it wasn't. And then when infidelity strikes and you have all of this pain, you only can interpret it with the capacity that you have. So if you had a lot of shame messages growing up, I know for me, I was slapped across the face a crap ton as a kid by my dad, because that's how he grew up. And so the messages I received were lots of things. I'm not enough. You know, I'm, uh, I can't handle criticism. I mean, it, it just so many things, so many things. So when infidelity struck me and my marriage, I was like, oh my gosh, like it's all about me. The shame message. That's what kids do. Healthy adults don't go to shame messages. Healthy adults can say, no, that, yeah, that definitely hurts. That betrayal freaking hurts bad, but that's about you, not about me. And so with all that being, you know, in the, in the line of like how we show up after inf infidelity strikes, of course it would be devastating. And those other pieces, you know, the first two, obviously the, the foundation of your relationship is not what you thought it was in the relational trauma. Those are, those are going to be there no matter what, because that's real. Like that's, that's adult. Like this is where we have, I thought we had one relationship. We had another, but the other pieces about our, the way our, we interpret God and how our childhood messaging messages 
are and how that makes the pain so much deeper and more fragmented for us, that piece is ours to own. Obviously, we cannot own the first two, but we can own our healing and our space. So that way we are no longer receiving the messages that are so deeply fragmented and we're already so deeply embedded in our bodies. So I hope this makes sense to you. I know I've said so much today, but I really want you to understand you don't have to be left fragmented and bitter. You can heal. It is a process though. I remember so many times being like, I just went out of this pain. I just went out of this pain. I just went out of this pain. And I did all of this betrayal trauma work. I tried to understand my husband. I did thousands of hours. I am an expert in sex addiction. I'm an expert. In fact, I'm such an expert that I help sex addicts because I did all this research on it. But I got to tell you, none of that helped me in my healing. What helped me in my healing was to turn the focus on me and to discover why I was so fragmented over his behavior and his choices that he was doing long before I met him, long before. It's like, I came in, he just carried on with whatever he was already doing. And that was nothing to do with me and everything to do with him. And I had to discover what it was in me that was not able to see that portion of the story. I hope that you enjoyed this today. Thanks for listening. If you have found today's podcast helpful, please like, subscribe, and share. If you are interested in coaching with me, go to www.identitylife.coach. And you can also find me on Instagram, identity.life.coach. 